Hi, you're now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. We're happy to bring you sermons like this one every week. You can find other sermons at our site at harvest-community.org. So without further ado, here's our speaker. Amen, amen. Good morning, Harvest Community Church. Uh, Turn to your neighbor and just say, I'm glad you're here. Amen. We want to welcome you guys again. Uh, For those of us who are in spirit with us online, and also those of you who are in this room, and if you're visiting, thank you so much for joining us today and worshiping God together. My name is Jeff, and I'm going to be bringing the message for today. And one of our greatest desires here at Harvest is that we would help you take your next steps toward a deeper relationship with God and with others. Last week, we heard a message titled, Blessing Our Shepherds, and it was from Pastor Dave, and we learned about the weight and the cost of being a spiritual leader within the church. And we also learned how we can be a blessing as a congregation to our leaders. So today, I kind of want to continue with that heart of blessing others. Um, Last week, we also saw Ben Uman and John Lee get installed as elders. Can we praise God for them again? Amen. The title of my message today is Building One Another Up. Building One Another Up. Turn to your neighbor and say, build up. Build up. What are we building? Before every message, I always like to do a few affirmations. So if you're a Christ follower, please repeat after me. Say, I'm a child of God. I'm loved by God. And I'm the light of the world. Amen. Let's pray one more time before we go into the message. God, we thank you that we get to worship you here as one body. God, we thank you for the familiar faces we see around us and maybe the newer ones um, that we're just meeting. Lord, I, I pray today that we would just truly have a genuine encounter with you and that your word would speak life to us. So we give you all the glory and the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Almost every year, I make it a priority to go on a trip with two of my best friends. This past year, we went to Colorado. Raise your hand if you've been there. Yes, amazing. We went to Estes Park. We went to Garden of the Gods. We went to all these different areas. And every time we come together once a year, because we don't live near each other, we make a time where we laugh together. We have a time where we share our struggles together. We have a time where we encourage one another. We have a time where we pray with one another and sometimes even worship together. Last year, we went fishing at the most incredible places, um, these random streams and places in the middle of nowhere. I remember I was on a hammock, and uh, there was an eagle that swooped down to grab a fish right in front of me. It was incredible. But, you know, despite all of the things that we saw and experiences that we had, I think the most important thing that happens every time we go on a trip together is we feel refreshed because we build one another up. I want to encourage you and say, guys, life can be difficult. But, man, when we have people to build us up, it is a game changer. The Bible says how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. 
Now, the reality is those are my friendships. But in the church, if we can have similar relationships, oh, my good. God, God is so, so pleased. We're relational beings. The Bible teaches us about unity. The theme verse for our retreat is about being one. God has made us as relational beings to connect with him and to connect with one another. There was a a study shared on Business Insider, and it was actually a collective study. It was 150 different studies that was done with over 300,000 participants, ranging over seven years, and they were followed for seven years. And what they found out was that people with strong social ties had a 50% better chance of living longer. Just having people around you to build you up, you live longer. That's crazy. I believe that building one another up within the church is extremely, extremely important. And for many of us, I know I I get it. Sometimes we want to isolate ourselves because we just don't want to deal with the drama of other people. You know, it's so much easier. But I encourage you guys today to take that risk. Amen? Now, don't get me wrong, though. There's times where we do need to isolate ourselves and seek God just between us and him. But today I want to focus on the other side of connection with those around us. In the scripture, we see that God doesn't just recommend building and encouraging one another. He actually commands it. And I'm going to share two different scriptures. The first one is from 1 Thessalonians 5.11. And 1 Thessalonians, Paul writes to the people of God, referring to the day of the Lord. And he's talking about the time when judgment will come from God. And he's going to have full dominion on heaven and on earth. And this is, what he, this is what the Bible says how to continue on until that day. It says in verse 11, it says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. Build up. The second scripture I want to introduce today is from Hebrews 3, 12 through 14. And in the book of Hebrews, this is all about um, perseverance. And speaking to the Jewish believers, how they can persevere under trial and persecution. In verse 12, it says, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. Keep that slide up for a moment. In verse 13, it has the word today in there. It's capitalized. It's emphasized. has apostrophes by it. Or it has quotes by it. This is to show emphasis and urgency. The author is simply saying, tomorrow is not promised. Do it today. Do it today. When it comes to our spiritual walk, we must always have an understanding of our present moments. The past is the past, right? And in Proverbs 27, it says, do not boast about tomorrow because you do not know what a day may bring. Today is what matters. Amen? So I stand here today And I stand here right now, and I encourage you to build someone up today. Everybody say, today. 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 I remember for six months, I was telling my wife 
I'm going to start working out tomorrow, right? Someone once said that tomorrow is Satan's today. Satan does not care about what good resolutions you have if you only fix them for tomorrow. So why does God say in the scripture here to do it today? I have three points for today. The first point is this. We build each other up so our hearts won't turn away. That's my first point for today. Our hearts won't turn away. Again, in verse 12, it says, so that none of you that has a sinful, has a sinful, unbelieving heart turn away from the living God. Building one another up doesn't always mean it has to be with your words, but it can also be with your actions. One way that uh, my wife and I build up our relationship within our marriage is many times we'll, uh, you know, do acts of service for one another. And one of the ways that my wife builds me up sometimes is when I'm tired and overwhelmed, she will drive for me. I know it sounds a little, a little small, but it's, it's a big deal because usually I like to drive. And she likes to do it because, you know, sometimes um, she can tell that I'm tired. I remember this one time, it was after a retreat. I think I preached like seven times in four days. And we went to the store, and we were walking back to the car, and she could tell I was tired. And she was watching me. This is before we had kids. And I pulled out the keys, and right when I hit the unlock button, she ran to the driver's side. And while she was around, I knew what she wanted to do. I said, uh uh-uh, I'm driving. I'm driving. She gets in the car. She locks the door. But then I just push the button again. I unlock it, open the door. And she's like, I'm not moving. I'm driving. And you know what I did? All right. I was like, all right. I'm going to sit on you. Right? So I start backing it up. Right? I start backing it up real slow. I say, you sure? And she does something that I couldn't fight against. She did something that I just had to let her serve me. And you know what she did as I was backing it up on her? She said, help me! Help me! Oh my gosh, I freaked out. I ran to the other side of the driver's side. Everybody looked at me. And I had to let her drive. In that moment, I felt love. Because she really didn't have to do that. right? But she wanted to serve me and build me up by driving for me. So ladies, if your man is not letting you do something nice for him, just start screaming, help me! And they'll let you right away. I'm just playing, don't do that. I was so scared. There's a lot of people around. So we build up so that our hearts won't turn away. In that moment... My heart was turned towards my spouse. You know, the fastest way to have someone keep their hearts towards God, one of the fastest ways is to allow God to show his kindness through you. I think oftentimes we think that repentance to God is always because we realize, you know, what we've done wrong. But actually, the Bible says it's the goodness and the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. We have all struggled with our faith at one point of our lives. I don't care how holy and spiritual you are. We have all doubted God. So how do we build one another up, especially in the church? I have some very practical things. The first one is this. Do it daily. Do it today. Actually, we're going to do it today before I end this message a few times. Do it daily. Another thing we can do is we ask God, God, how should I encourage today? Or who should I encourage today? We all know there's always somebody in the back of our minds sometimes that just pops up. 
and we know they could use some encouragement. Another principle that I have is this. If you have something good to say, then say it. If you have something good to say, then say it. But I want to preface that. Let's be wise with that. Only things that are appropriate. In Ephesians 4.29, it says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. I was teaching the youth Albania team, the ICC in our church, about leading a culture of building up. And I told them that this includes no sarcasm. It includes no teasing. It includes no tearing down. Because all of you know that sometimes it could take one word at the wrong moment to ruin a whole team. And you might be saying, oh, Pastor Jeff, but it's not as fun. And I want to say this. You can be funny still without sarcasm. You can still joke around without tearing people down. It's not worth it. So we can use our words, right? We can use our actions. But remember, God calls us to do things daily, every single day. It can be a simple text. It can be a prayer. It can be a text that, hey, I prayed for you. It's not that weird, I promise. And it actually should be normal within the body of Christ. If it is weird, man, we got some bigger issues. I remember a time when someone within the church built me up a different time through an amazing act of service. I remember this one time I got in a car accident. It wasn't a normal car accident. Uh, it involved a police car. And I'm not talking about a movie right now. It wasn't Captain This was real life. And what happened was this cop car was going, going with the lights on, sirens on, and I was across from him, and we had a red light. Cop car slows down, but because they have a red, you know, they have their sirens on, they slow down, but they don't see another car that has a green coming. So they go through the light. Literally, the, they hit each other at the front. The cop car flips on the top of the edge of my car and pushes my car to the side. And it was a crazy situation because the one who hit the cop car was the one at fault. But the one who hit the cop car had no insurance. And the cop car hit my car. And it wasn't that much damage, but it was still hundreds and hundreds of dollars. So there was no coverage. I remember I was stressed. At the time, we, didn't, we had a lot of bills coming in and not a lot of income. I remember I went to my wife, and I was like, man, I am so stressed. And I had to preach the next day. I had to go up in front of the church and talk about God's goodness when my own heart was not looking at his goodness. It was only looking at the problems. I got through the message. It's probably a horrible message. I was very bitter. And somebody walked up to me. Guy I haven't seen. Doesn't even live in the area. He lived in another state at the time. He walks up to me, pulls me aside. He says, Jeff. And he goes, shakes my hand. He said, I want to give you something. And he prefaced it this. He said, you can't give it back. He said, we feel like God has led us to give you this. So he shook my hand. I said, all right, I'll take it. And he said, don't let us be disobedient to God now. I was like, all right, put it in my pocket. We end the small talk. I go to the bathroom. Not because I have to go to the bathroom, but because I want to see what's in the envelope, right? <laughs> so I go in the bathroom, and I open the envelope. And it's the same amount of money 
that I needed to fix my car. In that moment, my heart instantly turned back to God. And I went from straight up bitterness to worship in that bathroom. I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Guys, to build one another up is to help us each turn our hearts back to God. In Acts chapter 4, we learn about a guy that doesn't really get talked about a lot. He's brought up sometimes, but he doesn't get a lot of shine. This guy that I'm talking about in Acts chapter 4, his name is Joseph. Think about it. Have you read about a guy in Acts chapter 4 named Joseph? Probably don't really remember him, right? But he was a guy that was the ultimate encourager. We all know somebody who's good at encouraging, right? Well, he was so encouraging that the Bible doesn't even refer to him as his real name, which is Joseph. The apostles saw so much generosity and so much encouragement for wherever he went that they gave him a nickname. And the nickname meant son of encourager. This man was nicknamed Barnabas. That was his nickname. He was one of the early believers that sold all of his land and gave it to the apostles to continue ministry. Actually, in the Bible, we learn that he was the only one who believed in Saul before he turned to Paul. He was the only one who believed in the guy who wrote Romans, 1 and 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 and 2 Thessalonians, 1 and 2 Timothy, Titus, Philemon, and possibly Hebrews. I want to say, what would have happened if we did not have Barnabas, the encourager, the one who builds people up? Would we have the scripture that I actually just read from? I don't really know. I want to say this and say that your encouragement has more impact than you could ever know. In Acts 11, it says he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. It was referring to Barnabas, and all that Barnabas did was say, hey, good job. Was say, hey, I'm glad you're here. He sold a lot of, you know, his land, that was big too. But one of the things that he did the most was he was an encourager. So I want to practice today. Instead of just me encouraging you, let's all build each other up right now. Not tomorrow, but today, right now. So I'm going to recognize a few groups in the room. And if I call you out, I want you to stand up. I want you to stand up, and we're all going to praise God together because of you. All right, the first team that I would like to stand up, hopefully you're in here, is I would like to recognize the trailer and the setup team. So stand up if that is you. Yeah, praise God. Make some noise for them. Yes. Amen. You can sit down. I have seen you guys pinch your fingers so many times. You know, jam your thumb. I know it hurts. But we're standing up here because you set it up. So thank you. Thank you for that. And you do it with a smile on your face. Most of the time. Most of the time. Sometimes a little early. Uh, if you are in the worship team or the AV team or the sound team, stand up. Praise God for them. Amen. Let's build them up. Yes. Amen. Be seated. If you have served in seeds this past year 
or is a youth group leader, or a CG leader, or a small group leader, or a Bloom leader. I don't know, we got a lot of leaders. Stand up right now, and let's praise God because of them. Yes. Yes, some of you guys standing up every time I talk. (laughs) Amen. You could sit down. There's another team uh, that a lot of people don't know about the great things that they're doing within our community and within our church. And actually, this team became friends with the mayor so that, or, you know, not so that, but they are friends with the mayor, but that helped us get the building that we just purchased. So outreach team, can you stand up? Yes. Praise the Lord for them. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Another uh, team that I want to recognize today, I don't even know if they're in here because they're keeping things safe out there, right? Is there any safety and security in here? All right, let's say, yeah, praise the Lord. (laughs) Praise the Lord, we got one. They need more. Let's build them up, all right, somebody sign up. Also, I want to recognize another group. Um, It's hard to come to church sometimes for you, but you're still coming. You could easily skip, but many times you're here. So real quick, uh, the parents of the... People who have toddlers and babies, can you stand up? Let's praise God for them. Yeah, yeah. They're in the back over there, yes. Your kids be crying, they be laughing, farting, and you're still here. Praise the Lord for for that. I want to give a special shout out. Um, Actually, let's praise God for the elders and deacons too. Yeah, I got one more after them. All right, last uh, shout out is uh, Pastor Stan. Now, yes, where is he? Yes. All right, he's still sitting down, but it's okay. You can sit down. I'm going to talk about you for a moment. You know, at the final week of the closing, it got a little heated. got a little heated. It was back and forth. Delay this, delay that. You know, what are we going to do? Pastor Stan walked up into the, the staff meeting. Hope it's okay I'm sharing this. He walked up into the staff meeting. He was like, I'm not leaving. The room, until this deal is closed, you start flipping tables. I'm just playing. He didn't do that. But he went into those meetings firm. And guess what? He got the keys. Yeah, he's the key master now. Amen. Praise God for best stand one more time. So what just happened now? My hope is that the majority of us, we all felt a little bit different. My hope is that we felt encouraged, that we felt blessed by giving blessing, and we felt blessed by receiving blessing. Which leads to my second point for today. Number one, again, we build up so that our hearts won't turn away from God. Number two is we build each other up because it builds lasting perseverance. In verse 14 of our main passage, it says, We have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. Perseverance is all about making it to the end. The Christian life is hard, amen? Christian life is hard, amen? Some of y'all just said, mmm, couldn't even say amen, because it's difficult. You know, in the early church, when many Christians and Jewish believers 
were under the oppressive Roman rule, the Jewish believers actually no longer greeted each other with the word shalom, which means peace. For a lot of the early church, shalom was no longer a thing. Because even Jesus told them, you ain't going to have peace. You know, true, true, you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have my peace, but you're still going to experience some difficult things. So instead of greeting each other with shalom, they began to greet each other with another word. And this word means come, Lord Jesus. And that word is maranatha. Everybody say, Maranatha. Maranatha. So what they would do is when they would travel town to town or even in the city and they're getting persecuted, you know how they would greet each other? Instead of shalom, they go to each other. I don't know if they shook hands back in the day, but they would, they would go like this. Maranatha. And at that moment, at that exchange of word, one word, they felt built up again. They felt that, yes, this is temporary. Lord Jesus is going to come. And it's going to be okay. There will be a true shalom on earth as it is in heaven when that day occurs. Guys, you could be going through so much. But when we see another believer that's going through a difficult time and they still praise the Lord, man, something happens. And something encourages us. Because that's when Maranatha occurs. Simple, I hear you. I see you. I know your pain. Hold on to Christ. Because he's coming. In a moment, I'm going to ask us to do something a little different today. I'm going to ask us to worship together in the middle of a sermon. Audrey and Ebby, you can come up. In Colossians 3.16, it is the John 3.16 of worship teams. Colossians 3.16, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Did you know that every time we worship, we join in with eternal worship, with the, with the angelic creatures that we see in Revelation, worshiping God 24-7. When we truly worship, and I'm not just talking about saying we get to rehearse heaven, we get a little taste of what communion with all the saints will be like in the end. One of the greatest ways we can build up the church because we are in the church, is when we worship together. So everybody stand up, if you are able. I'm going to ask you to sing. With no build-up, I'm going to ask you to just sing right away, with a lot of energy. I believe our private worship is how our faith is built, but our public worship is how the church is built. My prayer is that we would all encounter God right now, today, in this moment, and at the same time, encourage one another. Let's sing this song. Amen. Something happens when we give all of our hearts to God together. Something happens when we worship and we hear other believers sing. But not just sing, but worship. All right, now we all sang. I'm going to ask some of us to stand up in a moment as a response to the question that I have. All right, I want you to stand up if you sang still and worship God, even though life has been difficult. If life has been difficult and you still worshiped, I want you to stand right now. If that is you, it's okay. You can stand. Amen. Every, stay standing. Everybody look around in the room. Now, knowing that, they still worshiped. 
in the midst of trial. My hope and prayer is that that would build us up. Can we praise God for them? Amen. You may be seated. Guys, here's the reality. It's hard to persevere. It is difficult. And the reality is maybe your voice didn't project that much, and you were the one, one of the people standing. But here's the thing. God heard you the loudest, that you can worship through your suffering. Someone once said that suffering is sacred. Suffering is sacred. God never wastes a worshipful time when you are going through suffering. God can always use suffering for a moment to reveal himself. And the reality is this. When we go into the next life, when we pass away, there won't be a time where we can still worship in our suffering because suffering will be no more. So the reality is that those of you who worshiped in the midst of your suffering, man, God is going to honor that. He is pleased by that. And my hope is that those of us who saw those people stand up, that we would be built up. So thank you for worshiping. If you're saying, maybe sometimes, God, where are you? God, I can't see you. My hope is that you would see the church at least. And that you would see God in the church, in your brothers and sisters that are still worshiping. So the first point I had was, it's so that our hearts won't turn away from God. Number two is so that it builds lasting perseverance. And the last point, I'm just going to briefly cover it. We build each other up so we can share the blessing. Again, in that last verse, it says, we have come to share in Christ. Here's the thing, though. Without the Holy Spirit, nothing can be built. Without the Spirit of God, it will only be temporary. If you don't know, today is actually Pentecost Sunday. Today is actually marking the celebration of the church when the Holy Spirit came and and, and just hit the people. And they were allowed to be filled with the Spirit of God. This past week, the birth of our Harvest Building began its very first change. If you pass by the ministry center, the bright hope sign is no longer there. Something's being prepared. God is building something here in the spiritual and in the physical, and I want to ask, do you see it? Something's happening In closing, I want to share a story about when I was working at the Lincoln Park Zoo. I remember this one time we had some staff development. And we were asked to bring some food. So it was a potluck. And everybody started getting excited. What are we going to bring? Everybody looks at me because I'm Asian and me like, ooh, he's going to bring something good. (laughs) So we bring all the food. I bring some Filipino lumpia, some egg rolls. Some people brought chinga wings. Some people brought... Salad, some people brought nachos. And here's the thing. There was even some people that forgot to bring food. But the reality is this. Because many of us chose to bring something to build one another up, we all got to eat. And it goes the same way when we build one another up. We all have something to encourage. We all have something to serve. We all have something to say. We all have something to do. And when we as a church, as Harvest Community Church, bring it all together, man, we're going to eat. And we're going to share in the blessing of God. So my hope today, guys, is that when we think about building people up, we would think more of just what we see right now. But we would see impact change like the life of Barnabas. 
and that we would see Christ revealed in our church through every face that we see. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you are good and that you are holy and that we could see your goodness in even the people in this room. We can see you reflect in their lives. We can see you reflect even in the way that they worship. And God, I pray today that we would, that this wouldn't just be a message that we hear, we leave, we forget. But God, I pray that we would start doing this daily, daily. So God, teach us your ways. Reveal to us our purpose and your purpose. In Jesus' name. Uh, Continue to bow your heads and close your eyes. I want you to pray for a moment and just say, God, who should I build up today? I want you to think about that. And maybe if God's leading you to even text somebody that's not really around here, man, before we end, I encourage you to text that person before we leave or before we even sing this last songs. Let's practice today. So God, lead us now as we learn how to be encouragers. And lead us now how to also receive encourage if we are in that place. In Jesus' name, let's continue to pray. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.